Hey, this is Becca Irway. I'm the worship pastor of Pathway Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope it inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and starts you on a path of purpose. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Pathway Church. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Good. Well, my name is Kyle Upton. I'm the executive pastor here at Pathway Church, and uh, I'm excited to have the opportunity to be speaking to you uh, this morning as we're in week three of our religion series, kind of wrapping it all up. Uh, Before we get started, I want to tell you just about one thing that we have. Uh, We have an app called the Your Pathway app. You can go to your app store, whether you're in uh, iTunes or you're on Android, you go to your app store there. You download that app real quick, and it has actually our sermon notes in it for this morning. You go follow along there, and then also as you're going into small groups this week, uh, there's another part in there where you can click on that, and you can follow along with like follow-up questions in your small groups this week as well. Uh, But yeah, week three in this uh, religion series, we've been talking about uh, what it means uh, to to have this idea of religion versus a relationship. And that at Pathway Church, we really value relationship so much more than we do religion. Uh, We we talked about uh, religion uh, is something that divides and relationship is something that restores. Religion is something that excludes and relationship is something that includes. Religion uh, is for some and relationship is for all. Religion is about what you do and relationship is all about what he's done, right? Amen? Uh, I've been thinking this week of what is it, you know, we know what relationship is. We know what it means to have a relationship with people. Um, Some of those relationships are good, some are bad. Uh, We know kind of the idea of relationship and what that means to have a relationship with God. Uh, But I've been thinking about what does it mean and how do we really define what it is for me and you to choose relationship, uh, but also knowing what we're choosing that over and what is religion defining religion. And uh, I've been thinking this week about that, and I came up with this definition. This is the Kyle Upton definition. You can take it or leave it, okay? Uh, But for the American church, for us here in the United States, uh, I define religion as this. Religion is the worship of morality. Religion, morality, right? Like rights and wrongs, like doing things that we know uh, we should do or not doing things we know we shouldn't do. Religion is the worship of morality. Morality, And the truth is, is there's a lot of Christian people living in this world today, maybe some in the seats right now, uh, that your pursuit is for morality. That when when people say Christian or define you by Christian, uh, they would say if they're a good person, they're probably a Christian, right? And and that couldn't be further from the truth because we look in Scripture and we see time and time again that there was a lot of messed up people that did a lot of bad things uh, with with the uh, banner of religion behind them. Christianity is the only religion in the world that's not focused on what you do or don't do to be for, to be forgiven and accepted by God. It's, it's completely different. Like, like we look at everything else and uh, it's really like a, a checklist of things. Like if I want to be made right with God, I got to go through this checklist of things and then I can be made right with God. And Christianity is completely different. Relationship with God is completely different. It's this idea that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He did all the work, and now it's my opportunity, and it's a gift to me that I can either accept that or I can leave that. And it's my choice. And it's not because of anything I've done or not done, but I can choose that forgiveness. I can choose that being made right with God through what Jesus Christ did on the cross if I want to. And I don't have to do anything past that. I'm forgiven right? And it's all about just what Jesus has done. Do you ever find yourself knowing something to be true, 
but you constantly find yourself living out a reality that just isn't true? You find yourself knowing something to be true, but you live, in spite of knowing that that's true in your heart, you live out life a different way. For me, one of those things is my athleticism. Any guys in the room, like, you think you still kind of got it, right? Like, and, and like, you challenge and you still, oh, I can, you know, I can do a little bit more. Like, I still got that athleticism in me. Man, I don't know if you're looking at me right now, but, uh, you good? <laughs> I used to be a physical specimen, right? Right, babe? Like, I used to, be, like, listen, like, guys, listen, I was all state in Oklahoma in class B boys basketball, okay? Like, I was a big deal at one point. I could touch the rim, okay? Like, I was a big deal in basketball. And, like, today, like, I know that that's not really the truth anymore, but I constantly find myself, like, falling back thinking, like, I can still ball. Like, I can still get down if I want to, right? The other day, I went, uh, I was going to go prepare some hunting blinds down at the lake, and uh, I went down to the lake. And uh, all I had with, was like a, a chainsaw and like a hammer, and I'm carrying this stuff through the woods, and I'm building these duck blinds, which is really just a bunch of like brush that I'm throwing together, like I'm going to hide behind and, and shoot some ducks. Steve went with me and did that the other day. And, uh, and so uh, building these things, and, and I'm walking around through the woods and all this kind of stuff, and I stayed out there all day. And uh, I drove home around 4 o'clock, get home like about 6. And uh, I guess at some point from all that walking through the day and like sitting in the car all day, I pull up to my house, and I open my door, and I get out of the car. And then I promise, like, it felt like a tiger bit me in the back of the leg, okay? Like, I got the biggest cramp in the back of my leg. And, and like, all you know, when you get a cramp, all, you, all that seems right in your mind to do is don't move a muscle, right? Like, you're just like, okay, don't even, like, breathe or, like, this is going to keep hurting. And so I'm trying to stand as still as possible. And I promise, like, God is my witness. Like, all I could do is just... I just like fell just straight into my yard, like just tipped straight over into my yard. And then even like as I'm sitting there, I'm just praying like, Lord, please let no neighbors see me. Uh, but like even as I'm laying there in the yard, I'm like, don't move, don't move, don't move. And, uh, you know, like I just am not the same athlete that I used to be. The other day I was talking to, a, to an old uh, basketball coach and uh, Cash and his buddy were sitting next to me, Cash, my son. And uh, they were sitting next to me, and I'm talking to this old coach, and we're talking basketball stuff, X's and O's. And uh, his, Cash's buddy asked him, your dad used to play basketball? And Cash was like, yeah, my dad was a beast, okay? And uh, the other day, we were getting ready, and he asked me, hey, dad, did you almost make the NBA? And of course, like any good father, I was just like, yeah, like, I almost, yeah, I almost. It's, it's this reality that's, that's not really, like, true, but a lot of times I find myself, like, thinking that it's still true. This guy challenged me to basketball the other day at Cash's practice to a little one-on-one -on -one game, and I could only get to seven points before I couldn't even breathe anymore. Like, it's, I think it's true, but it's not. Listen, if we're honest this morning, there's a lot of Christians, people who already know God. We're not talking about people who don't believe in God, but people who already know God. If we're honest this morning, there's people in this room right now that the burden of religion is a reality that you know you shouldn't carry and shouldn't be true for you. But if we're honest this morning, a lot of us still carry that burden of religion in our lives. This idea that like God, like do you really love me for what I do and don't do? Like I know that's, I, you're reading scripture and I know that's not for me that God forgives me. But I think if we're honest, a lot of us, we still carry that weight around. It's easy for us as a church, should be easy for us as a church, when we talk religion versus relationship, to be accepting of anybody who comes in these doors. Knowing that it doesn't matter what's going on in their life, it doesn't matter what sin they're dealing with, 
The reality is they come in here, we love them, right where they're at, no matter where they're at, and we pray that Jesus steps into their life and makes a difference. Because the truth is, is it doesn't matter what I think of their sin or what I think about what's going on in their life. All that matters is what Jesus thinks of it. And me and you, we've never had a, a time in our lives where um, we've gone to a friend that we knew, knew, knew needed Jesus and then went through the list of the things in their life they were doing wrong. And at the end of that conversation, they were like, yep, that's spot on. Like, I think I'll accept Jesus now, right? Like, no, like, they, they don't take that the right way. And so we love people right where they're at, and we pray that Jesus would step in their life. Just like most of us in this room have had that moment where Jesus stepped into our life in a moment like where just everything else faded away, and he spoke into our heart, and he revealed sin in our life, right? And he spoke into our heart, and he revealed to us that he wants to forgive us. And in that moment, we had the intimate moment, like maybe in the midst of a lot of people, and Jesus changed us in that moment. And that's what people need. And so as a church, it's easy for us to respond to people that way and say, hey, we love you right where you're at. We're praying that Jesus makes that difference in your life. But here's where it's tough. It's tough with you and me. Aren't we our, our worst critic in life? Aren't we the ones who like beat ourselves down more than anybody else in life? And so it's this idea, this idea that God, I know that you can do all this for other people. Like I know you can forgive other people. But can you really do it for me? Do, do you really love me right where I'm at? In the midst of my mess-ups and mistakes, do you really love me right, now, right there? I know you do other people, but do you love me right there? I don't know if you've ever been in a time like this and you've asked yourself the question, like, I look around at the people in this room and I wonder, like, like they're good people. Do I even belong in a place like this? Like, do I measure up to the people that I even see here? And I think a lot of times we beat ourselves down and we say, no, man, I don't even measure up. Can I ever be like these other people? Do I really belong in a place like church? Am I enough? I drop the ball so often. Am I really enough, God? I don't even, listen, if I'm honest, God, I don't even like sometimes reading the Bible. It's boring. Like, I don't even like doing that. Is this really for me? I feel like a phony. I can't. I don't know if you've ever been there in life. I think that a lot of us struggle in that place, if we're honest. If we could put a true serum in each one of us, I think that a lot of us, we feel like we just don't measure up. I love, I love strategy games. Anybody in the room, you want to be honest? This is, you can participate here. You're not going to get thrown out of church. Like strategy games, cool. Like strategy games. Uh, I love the game Risk. I love playing that game Risk. Uh, like the global domination strategy. I play this other game like Settlers. Anybody play Settlers? Settlers? Okay, we're going to have to have a party, get some settlers going. If you don't play settlers, go home, research settlers. That's your homework, okay? Uh, settlers, I play that. I love games where you got to kind of really think through what you're doing and have a strategy in it. That's why I really love, like, like, the coaching side of sports now and the X's and O's of it and how do you place people in certain positions and places uh, to really, like, win a game. The strategy of things. Listen, if I were Satan, which some of you probably think I am. No, I'm just if I were Satan, okay? If I were Satan, you know what one of my biggest strategies would be in this world? Listen, don't miss this. If I could convince Christians, people accepted by Jesus, forgiven by Jesus, if I, if I, could, if I could convince them that, that their life is just the biggest mess up in the world, if I could convince them that in spite of being uh, forgiven by God, that they just can't do this Christian thing, if I could convince them of the shame in their life over sins that they may still struggle with today and put them in a position to be just utterly useless for the kingdom of God, that would be a big strategy I would use. 
And I think that a lot of us in this room this morning, man, we're right in that place. We're right in that place carrying the burden of religion in our lives. Like, I just don't measure up. I got this thing that I've been dealing with for like a year, and it just feels like it won't go away. God, what am I doing? Can I even do this? And see, our focus is on the thing we're dealing with, and our focus isn't on like being the hands and feet of Jesus, being the church that this world needs, because we're so focused on us. Man, if I were Satan, that'd be a strategy I use. And I think he uses it every single day in my life and yours. Today, we're going to look at a guy, we're going to talk about a guy in the Bible who felt just like this. Man, a guy who, who, who lived under the burden of religion because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but when the Old Testament starts, uh, it's a Jewish uh, religion, Jewish religion going on. And then at some time in the, in the Gospels with Jesus coming onto the scene in the New Testament, it switches over to a different thing, Christianity. And there's this place in the middle where like the first people who were following Jesus, they were these Jewish leaders, these Jewish people trying to learn a new way to do life in following Jesus. And some of the ideas and concepts were just so foreign to them. And we find this guy, this guy named Peter. Man, a lot of us have probably heard of this guy named Peter in the Bible. This guy named Peter, man, he really lived under the burden of religion in his life. We know that Peter was a fisherman, right? Uh, he wouldn't have really fit in here in Oklahoma uh, as a job being a fisherman, uh, but it was, it was a blue-collar job. He was just a normal person. I take, what I take away from that is he was just a person just like me and you. Just a normal person, just working a nine-to-five job. And Jesus finds him one day, him and his brother, fishing. And Jesus goes up to him and he asks him the weirdest question. He asks him, hey, Peter, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. I want you to follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of what? Men. Fishers of men. Like we, we hear that thought, I want to make you fishers of men. And it's like a normal thing because like we're all under that idea of like Christianese. We speak Christianese. We know what Christian things are. But if like somebody walked up to you and asked you, I want to make you a fisher of men, you're going to be like, that's creepy. Like what are you talking about, right? And he asked him, and get this, Peter drops everything. Him and his brother drop everything. And they actually follow Jesus. They sense something's different in this guy. And they follow Jesus. We later know that Jesus picks Peter to be one of his 12 disciples. He, he, Peter becomes a pretty important guy in the Christian faith and the launch of it. He picks Peter to be one of his first people to follow him, and he's a pretty important guy. And then we continue to follow the story, and we've heard the story of, uh, of Jesus walking on water. I've heard that story, Jesus walks on water. I want to read it to you. I don't have the scripture up on the screen, but I just want to kind of read through it uh, with you real quick. But it says immediately, this is Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him uh, to the other side. While he dis dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. And it was buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. And so we find Peter and some other guys in a boat. And like a storm's going on, okay? And listen, like they weren't like coastal fishermen. They were like fishing in lakes and things like that. So they're probably pretty freaked out. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat in a storm. It's not like a very, very good feeling, okay? So they find these guys out there in this boat. And then it says in verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Like that's, okay, weird, right? Like Jesus is walking on the lake. And then they, it says in verse 26, when, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. 
like any good normal person would be, right? They were terrified and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then Peter said this, he said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus is like, fine, I will. And he says, come. And Peter gets up out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So like one of the first stories we find Peter in is this moment where he could have had tremendous faith in following the Lord. Like he could have got out of the boat and had faith to walk on water. But it's, the Bible says the moment he took his eyes off Jesus and he started looking around at all the problems that were going on, right? The wind and the waves, all the things going on in his life. We could use that in our, in our life. All the things and the stuff and how bad we are. And when he looked at everything else, his faith went away and he began to sink. And it wasn't until Jesus grabbed his hand and pulled him back up that he could walk on the water again. And then they go get back in the boat. And so the first story we see is, is, is Jesus calls him to be a disciple, an important guy. And then the first scenario in the Bible that he's like the star of the show, okay, at the beginning of Matthew, he, he totally like loses it. And he doesn't have faith to follow Jesus. And he begins to sink. And he's not this, he's this guy, I'm sure, like leaving this story, I'm sure he's feeling like a failure. He's feeling like he just can't do it. We find Peter next in a story just a couple chapters later where Jesus goes to him. And Jesus actually asks him to be the leader of the church. He tells him, Peter, you're going to be the leader of the church. And like whatever you say is going to happen, so to speak. That's my rough translation, okay? Uh, he go, and, and he makes him like the leader of the church. So a guy who's a fisherman, he just sinks and doubts Jesus. And Jesus then goes and makes him the leader of the church. And then we find him again later in the story, like we, we see when the uh, guards are coming to get Jesus to put him on the cross. And we remember Peter took out his sword and he chopped off one of the guards' ears, right? He's like fighting for Jesus. And then the next place we find Peter is, is we've all heard this story too probably. We find him in this place where the Bible says that he denies Jesus three times. That, that three different times people come up to him and they say, hey, like right before Jesus is going to die on the cross, they come to him and say, hey, aren't you that God that I've seen with Jesus? And, and Peter's like, no, I don't, you got the wrong guy. I don't think it's me. And again it happens. And again it happens. Three times. He comes to Jesus. He, Peter come, or, uh, people come to Peter, and Peter denies Jesus. The craziest thing, I think, about this denial is that Jesus, just a few chapters before that, he actually predicts that Peter is going to deny him at the Lord's Supper. They're together. Peter, like Jesus already said, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me, okay? And like you would think the guy would have enough like sense to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make sure that don't happen. And it still happens, right? And, and I'm sure like in the midst of this, man, he, he just feels like a failure. This is a guy trying to measure up to all that he thought Jesus wanted him to be, but he couldn't do it. Man, does that sound familiar to anybody in the room today? Man, I just, I just can't do it. Listen, you might write this down. This is good. You will never live up to the burden of religion in your life. You can never measure up to the burden of religion that you place in your life. Layman's terms, you can never be good enough on your own. 
Like you can never do enough good stuff on your own to measure up that you feel in your spirit that you're good enough and, and good enough and, and, and best enough to follow Jesus with everything you have. You'll never measure up. Religion, man, it's this thing that if you put on your life and you let bear down in your life, man, it's this thing that will eat you alive. Man, if we ended the story right there, it would really stink, right? Like, it's just like, Kyle, you pretty much told me how I can't do it, right? Like, but there's hope. Listen, when we choose the freedom that comes in a relationship with Jesus over the pursuit of religion, man, there we can find joy. There we can find a full, full life. Listen, religion isn't the object, okay? Religion isn't the object. Relationship is an object. But remember, we talked about what is religion? Religion is the worship of morality. Listen, that, that's what we, you know, the Bible does say that you will be, you, we, we will know who you are by the fruits of your life, right? Like the things you do in life. But if morality and those things are your pursuit, you put the cart before the horse. Listen, when, when I choose every single day to pursue relationship, to pursue this idea that God, like you're the good father, and I want to get to know you a little bit better today. When I pursue relationship first, guess what? Morality is the result, not the thing that I put before, right? And so I want to give you this morning four things that will change in your life if you choose to live in the freedom of relationship with Jesus instead of under the burden of religion. All right, this is where, let's get a hand clap. This is where it gets good, okay? Right here, come on with me. All right, this is where it gets good, okay? This is where it gets good. Four things we can choose in our life. Number one is this. When I choose freedom, I shift the power of fear to faith. When I choose freedom, I shift the power of, in my life, I shift the power from fear to faith. Man, one of my favorite things to do in my house is scare my family, okay? Like, I love doing that. Like, it's so cool. Like, my kids love doing it, and they'll, like, be scaring each other back and forth. And, like, they won't even go into certain rooms because they think somebody's going to scare them. Um, the other day, like, uh, Cash, he, he has these little dream things, and he'll get up in the middle of the night, and sometimes he'll walk around and stuff like that. I want, he's in here, so I don't want to embarrass him too much. Uh, but but he'll, he'll get up and walk around, and because of this, like, my wife sleeps so lightly right now, okay? Like, have you ever had, like, sleepwalkers or things like that? your family and you're just like on edge right like you just I'm not I'm just like like he'll be cool but like the alarm will go off we'll figure it out okay but she, I'm sleeping good but she's sleeping like on edge like what's gonna happen the other the other night uh I wasn't quite asleep yet and she had already fallen asleep and she heard cash or somebody doing something or, or maybe I heard him and I said something to her like hey I think cash is like out in the hall or something like that and so I just went back to sleep because again like I was like, I'm gonna be fine with that he would just like sleep on the ground and we'll be good uh, but uh but but she gets up out of bed and she goes and she's trying to look around to see what's going on I, I don't even think he was out there but as she gets up and leaves the room I'm thinking this is like probably midnight and I'm thinking Hey, this is going to be a good time to scare. So, like, I get up out of bed, and I go, like, behind the door to our bedroom, and I just get, like, tucked up behind the door, close the door, look around me. And she comes, like, back in the room in the middle of the night, and all I could think to do is jump out and go, right, like that. Like, and she, like, guys, she literally, like, her feet left the ground, okay? Like, she left the ground, and she jumped back in bed, and, like, I won't even, like, she probably needs some forgiveness in her life right now for the words she said, uh, but, like, she's getting back in bed and freaking out, but I love scaring my family. It's just a fun thing to do. Listen, when we choose fear over faith, it never works. When we live a life of fear, all you can do, honestly, is live in survival mode. 
When you live a life of fear that I can't, I can't, I can't, all you do is just live in survival mode. Listen, this world will never be changed by the church if Christians are living in survival mode. It's not going to happen, right? Like when I choose to live with faith instead of fear, that's when I thrive in my relationship with Jesus. That's when things like go further. That's when I like turn the corner, like and I'm really being the hands and feet of Jesus instead of worrying about like all the things that are messed up in my life. I'm choosing to follow Jesus at that point. God's called us to more. The Bible actually says uh, that God's called us to not just a life, but what? Uh, an abundant life, right? God's not just called me and you just to like live life, just like get by. He's not called us to that. He's called us to an abundant life, like a good, happy, fulfilled life. But how do I do that? Look at this scripture. I think it's on the screens. John chapter 21, verse 15 through uh, 19. And this is, this is Jesus' pep talk back to Peter, okay? This is Jesus' pep talk back to Peter. And he's talking to Peter, and he goes through different, this is the time in scripture where he goes to Peter, and uh, Jesus says, do you love me, to Peter. He actually says it to him three times, which is kind of weird because they're three times of denial. He says to him three times, do you love me? And you, I don't know if you remember what Jesus says back to Peter, or what Peter says back to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus says back to Peter, he says, if you love me, then feed my sheep, right? Like, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Sheep, what are sheep? Sheep are me and you as Christians. Like, feed my sheep if you love me. And then it goes all through this time, and it says this at the end. It says, Jesus repeated the question, Simon Peter, uh, son of John, uh, yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you, then take care of my, my sheep, he said. And then go to the next scripture. Is that it? A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take, and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to let him know uh, by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Listen, how do me and you choose to live a life of faith over fear? It's just simply following him. It's just simply following him. It's just one step out of the boat and just one step, at, one step out of the boat and one step at a time. It's not like five steps before, but it's just one step at a time. Quit thinking about how you can't and step out in faith and follow Jesus in this moment. It's every single morning just choosing to just grow with God a little bit more. And it's just one step. Listen, I don't worry about in my spiritual life like how I'm going to be like three days from now. Uh, listen, what I know about myself is the only thing that's good in me is the grace of Jesus. That's the only th good thing in me. Listen, and, and if I'm worried about how I'm going to be three days from now, it's all going to fall apart, okay? Like I'm just worried about what I'm going to do today, okay? I'm just worried about how I'm going to follow Jesus today. And I'm living in the moment of that, and I'm choosing to follow him in this moment. And then in the next moment, and then in the next moment, it's just one step at a time. And it's choosing faith over fear. Number two is this. When I choose freedom, I choose to understand that it's okay to not be okay. And that's okay. When I choose freedom, I choose to understand that it's okay to not be, whoa, okay. Listen, I'm just in a moment of transparency, like in my life, there's a lot of things that just aren't okay. 
Like, anybody got family issues going on in their life? I got some family issues going on in my life. I got a family member right now that I'm really struggling with, like, with forgiveness in my life. Like, I'm really struggling with, with like, to forgive them. And, 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 and it's not okay. Like, here I am, pastor, like, one of the pastors of a church, and I'm struggling with forgiveness. Like, listen, I'm not okay. There's times that I find myself stressing over the finances, like, in, in my house. Like, like, right now, I'm making tables uh, just, to, just to get by, like, here at the church. Luckily, my wife has an amazing job, and she does amazing things. Uh, but, but I stress over that because every guy wants to be a provider for their family, right? And listen, I worry about that. I'm not okay in that. Like, I stress and I worry and I wonder, am I raising my kids, am I raising my kids right? Like, am I doing everything to point my kids towards Jesus? Listen, this is good. I don't read my Bible enough. Like, like I, listen, I don't read my Bible like I should being a pastor of a church. I'm being honest. Like, I, I don't do that enough. I'm not okay, right? I'm not okay. But listen, that's okay. That, that's okay. I love this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is good stuff right here. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. You know that this morning? That the grace of Jesus is all you really need. My grace is all you need. My power works best in what? Weakness. Listen, don't, don't miss this. His power in your life doesn't work best when you're perfect. Right? His power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to not just like, hey, I'm weak. But hey, I'm weak to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So that I could be something for somebody else and not just be worrying about myself and my weakness, right? It's okay to not be okay. As long as we're choosing in every moment to follow him in the midst of how we're not okay. It's okay. Number three is this. We're going along. Running out of time here. Number three is this. When I choose freedom, I shift my focus from what I've done and am doing. We've all got those things in our lives, those things we're not proud of, maybe those things from our past. When I choose freedom, I shift the focus from what I've done and what I'm doing to what he's done and to what he's doing. Have you ever found yourself somewhere in life where you didn't belong, but it was okay because you were with somebody who did belong? You ever found yourself, a couple years ago, my neighbor across the street, he invited me to a Thunder game. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll go, you know, free Thunder game. And, and I didn't, like, know much about what was happening with it. And so we go to the game. And uh, on the way there, I'm asking him questions, more questions about, like, what he does for a living. And it turns out, like, his, bro his cousin uh, owned this big, like, oil company that cleaned up something on oil rigs. I don't know. Apparently they made tons and tons of money, okay? And this guy was, like, an important guy in the company that I was going to the game with. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, we're probably going to sit pretty good, like good seats. And so we go into the game, and uh, he, he's like, first, we're going to go eat dinner. And I'm like, okay, cool, like hot dogs and like hamburgers, this would be cool. And he's like, no, 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 like we're going to go to the restaurant that's underneath the bleachers at the OKC Thunder Arena. And I'm like, there's a restaurant under the arena? Like, that's kind of cool. And so we go into this like secret like hideaway, I don't know if you've been there, restaurant. And like there's all these important people walking around. And like I could not feel anymore like I didn't belong in that situation, right? 
And like, he's like telling me like, like this is this person and they're, they're a part of like the Oklahoma government and this is this person. He's introducing me to all these people and I'm just like in awe of what's going on right now. I'm still freaking out that there's a restaurant under the bleachers, okay? Um, and, and then he's like, okay, we get done eating and it was like super good food, like super fancy. We get done eating and uh, we go, go to our seats and I'm like, man, this is gonna be good. Guys, he takes us to our seats. Literally, like we are sitting courtside. Not like three rows back, four rows back, but like my feet are on the basketball court, okay, okay? Like I feel like I'm like like somebody, like some rapper, like super important, like sitting courtside, okay? Like I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game, and I'm just like freaking out. And then like he's introducing to me these people next to him, and he's like, hey, this is this guy, he owns like Key Automotive and this and that. And I'm like, I've seen you on TV, you know, like, and we were like talking to these people, like I didn't belong at all. But it was okay because I was with somebody who did belong. In this Christian thing, religion says you don't belong. But guess what? Jesus says, he, she, they're with me. They belong, right? Like, like we belong because of Jesus, not because of what we do good throughout the week. And we don't belong because of what we do wrong through the week. Like, we belong only because of Jesus' grace, only because of Jesus' forgiveness. It's all about what he's done. It's not about what I've done at all. This is the last thing, number four. When I choose freedom, I understand that where I am right now, where I am right now is enough. That where I am right now is enough to follow Jesus. That where I am right now is enough to be in the game of affecting like this mission of the church in this world. It's enough right now. You don't, you don't, you, you may think you need something more, but just Jesus is enough right now. He's the only thing you need. I love this scripture. First, uh, it's Colossians chapter one, verse 27. And it says this, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for, the, are for you Gentiles too. That's me and you. And he says, and this is the secret. This is like the secret of what it is to follow Jesus. Christ lives in you. And this gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. Some versions of scripture says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. That it's nothing more, nothing less, but it's just Jesus in you is the hope of glory. It's the hope that you have to live out this, this Christian life on this planet. This is when I get dangerous. This is when you get dangerous. This is when the church gets dangerous, when we don't have to live under the burden of religion, of like, man, how many, did I read my Bible today? Oh no, God doesn't love me. Like, did I like talk mean to this person at school today? Oh no, God doesn't love me now. Like when I leave all that stuff behind and I get that, listen, what God loves me, loves about me is just me. And what God wants the most from me today is just me. This is why the Bible calls God the good father, right? Dad's in the room. Listen, think of your kids. Like there's nothing your kids could do or not do that you're going to love them any more or less. Like if they play good in the game, if they play bad in the game, who cares? I still love them the same. I may give them pointers and help them to get better in that, but I still love them right where they're at, right? Like, it doesn't matter what they do in life, how great, like, I want them to get great jobs and do successful things, but if they don't do that, I still love them right where they're at. Like, I'm still for them right where they are. That's how the Father is with me and you. 
Like, like we don't have to live under the weight of religion in our life. Man, but we could just choose to be the hands and feet of Jesus just in every moment. Like, we can choose to get to know the heart of God in every moment. And so as we close this morning, my question is this. Man, what is it in your life that's just bogging you down from really, like, being a difference maker in this kingdom? Listen, I believe that what we're doing here at Pathway Church is different. Like, it's different than what we're doing at other churches. I believe that what we're doing at Pathway Church, that as we look around in this space right now, that we're going to look around here in three years from now, and there's not going to be any pipe and drape back here. But, like, people are going to be feeling this space because of what we're, the difference we're making in this, this community. I believe that the people are going to talk about those people at Pathway Church are different. Something's different there. God's presence is there. And it's all because we choose, man, to, to be the mission of the church, to live that out in this world and to not live under the burden of religion. You don't have to do it anymore. So what is it in your life this morning, man, that you just maybe need to lay down to the Father? As we sing this last song, what is it that you just need to just get alone with the Lord and just say, God, just this is that thing. Like where I've been beating myself up, this is that thing that I want to give to you right now. God, and in this moment, I want to choose to follow you. And listen, you're going to mess up again. It's okay to not be okay. And so this week, something's going to happen in your life. You're going to drop the ball, okay? Jesus has forgiven you, right? Ask for forgiveness in that. And then in that moment, man, just have spiritual amnesia and just forget about it and move forward. And just go for it. Man, that's how we make change in this world. What an incredible message. Thanks again for joining us today here on the Pathway Church Podcast. If you want someone to agree and pray with you, or if you are looking to take the next step in your relationship with God, please reach out to us by texting PODCAST to 405-400-0339. We can't wait to connect with you. Did you know you can follow along with the sermon notes on our app? Just download the Pathway app by searching Your Pathway Church, all one word, on your iPhone or Android. Then click Sunday Notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram and Facebook at Your Pathway Church. Well, it's been a blast hanging out with you today. See you next week right here for another life-giving message.